Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour three, final hour of the show. Lots of training camp news and discussion to come. Brian Baldinger, Baldy's going to be on the show in about 10 minutes to give us his league-wide take on training camp. I know he's in Kansas City today. He was in Los Angeles checking out the Chargers earlier. So we'll get his take on the Saints, but also across the NFL. Baldy coming up in just a little bit. Also, I had a chance to, a chance to talk to Zach Streif, the former Saints offensive lineman, now voice of the Saints. Well, about some nerdy offensive line stuff, which I thought was just fascinating. I want you to take a listen to that. That's coming up here at the bottom of the hour. A few training camp notes across the league. The Miami Dolphins just fired their offensive line coach a week into camp. That tells me things not going well in a perennially dysfunctional franchise, Miami. They fired Pat Flaherty and replaced him today. So, Brian Flores, uh, welcome to the NFL as a head coach. <laughs> making, making that move today. Already firing their offensive line coach. Alfred Morris reportedly going to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. There was some talk about him coming here to New Orleans and visiting. He never did that. And Theo Riddick, the former Detroit Lions running back, he's narrowed his decision between the Saints and the Broncos. He says, according to reports, he's going to take about a day to decide. I mean, if I'm Theo Riddick, why would you want to go to – Denver when you can come here possibly win a championship Denver is not anywhere close to win a championship maybe he thinks he can get some more touches and maybe pad his resume heading into free agency again in a year so it is a decision he's gonna have to make for himself probably more of a monetary one certainly than a championship one it's pretty easy to decide where you're gonna go if you just care about winning that ring but theoretically relatively young guy yeah he's got to worry about that money and take care of his family, too. If you missed it earlier today, the Saints cut ties with Cameron Meredith. They released the wide receiver as he comes back from injury. Just never got healthy. That story's up at WWL.com. Also, Eric McCoy, the Saints center, he was front and center after practice today. He said some interesting stuff, including how he would uh, give his life to protect Drew Brees. That story of mine's online at WWL.com, radio.com app. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, in the wake of Cameron Meredith being released, should the Saints look to sign or trade for a veteran wide receiver? Yes or no online at WWL.com. And right now, 62% are saying yes. Saints should look to do that, bring in a vet. 38% say no. We also had a conversation end of last hour on Scott Woodward. You heard it in the news, Dave Cohn telling us that Scott Woodward doesn't believe that the athletic side should be sending money every year over to the academic side says well it's dangerous when the academic side relies on that and this comes on the heels of that heated discussion heated debate that really the entire state almost the entire country had last week after lsu unveiled that 28 new million dollar facility and locker room interesting timing by scott woodward on that mark and slidell wants to talk about that on the phone line mark welcome to the show hey how you doing tonight i'm good mark I'm just like the commercial, so I'm babbling a little bit because I've been up for like 18 hours. But I just want to add to it some more the nuts and bolts and sure. looking more into this into the story because I think it's being a little bit sensational, sensationalized. 
you know, by the news media. But what LSU is doing is what, say, 90% of the universities in the Southeastern Conference are doing. And part of it is control of the money that's being given to the academic side because what is – Oliva is the one that changed it up. And whatever money we're giving to the academic size, side, they were using it for frivolous things. This way, whatever comes from athletic side, they can earmark to, to what it's going to be used for. Okay, I got a question Everybody. for you, Mark. And I understand, and, and certainly, and your point is well taken, that LSU, the as a university, has not spent their money wisely. I am a thousand percent Hello. agree with that. A thousand percent agree with that. But intrinsically, with what you said just there, that the athletic side should decide how the academic side spends their money. You believe that Scott Woodward and the athletic department knows more about how to run an academic institution than the people in charge of that over on the academic side? Exactly. That's it's it's not that. Say okay. You're giving us this money. It's going to be earmarked to this, this, and that. And as you said, that what's going on on the academic side, they, they throw money away instead of utilizing it in certain things. Okay, that problem is with F. Scott King and his whole mission. F. King Alexander, right? yeah. yeah I, get, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're good. I guess, but what his mission is, is supposed to be getting dollars if I can say that in the simple terms, for the academic side of the university. It's Scott Woods' job is to get things, people to donate money to the athletic side. Exactly. Mark, I agree, I agree with you there. I, I agree with you there. But I am I if you are telling me, if you are telling me now that we've reached a point in our I guess in our society where we want guys who are in charge of athletic programs now deciding how the university is going to spend their money on the academic side. I am all out on that. I'm all out on that. That's like in the government saying, well, the education department should decide exactly how the defense department spends their money because we know the defense department, uh, they have a lot of excess over there and they don't spend it very wisely. I'm not, I'm not for that. I mean, that's, it's kind of letting the inmates run the asylum. I don't know. It's it's a conversation that's not going anywhere. We'll see if this actually changes. It sounds like he's in conversation, Scott Woodward, with F. King Alexander and the Board of Regents to actually make some changes and make that happen. Hot button topic, which I I, I don't really understand why it's such a hot button topic. I, I It seems like people like me and most people on my side on this we're not bashing the Scott Woodward or the athletic department or LSU sports. We're just saying, hey, folks, hey, we're waving a big flag. Hello, the academic side is struggling. Maybe that should be the priority over the athletic side that's not struggling right now. That's what I'm saying. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 87087. We're going to break real quick. When we come back, Brian Baldinger joins the show to talk some NFL training camp. There are three Saints practice is left with tickets for you to grab. Remember, free tickets. Tomorrow's practice. That's from 8.50 to 11.40 a.m. 
And you got the practice on Sunday that's actually at Yulman Stadium on the campus of Tulane, 7 to 9 p.m., and then Monday, August 12th. So those are the three days. All the rest of them, they are sold out. Sold out. Been great to see all the fans out there and great new digs with the covered stands. They got the misters, new concessions and merchandising out there. It's pretty cool. If you haven't gone yet, try to get one of those tickets. And I think there's no limit on the tickets for that Yolman Stadium uh, practice on Sunday. It's Sunday from 7 to 9 at Yolman. We'll be live for that right here on WWL. A little bit later before the show ends, we've got Sports Lives. Also, I got to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Saw that last night with a bunch of my buddies in media. Uh, kind of random that it happened. We're going to talk about that. And a new record, apparently. <laughs> a little Nas X, second in the record, beating Mariah Carey. 17 straight weeks at number one. We'll play a little of that coming up. But right now, yesterday, I had a chance to uh, sit down and talk to Zach Street, former Saints offensive lineman. I-, I love getting football nerdy with our Saints pros. Got a little running back nerdy yesterday with Deuce during our time together from 3 to 6. Before that, I had a chance to get offensive lineman nerdy with Zach Streif, and I wanted to play that for you today. Here's that conversation. That's Zach Streif. My conversation with him yesterday out at Saints Camp, and yeah, you'll hear him and Deuce McAllister call that first preseason game a week and a couple of days from right now. When we come back, we've got sports libs coming, and i got to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's good. It's really good. We'll do that next. As Old Town Road broke the record today, 17 weeks at number one, breaking Mariah Carey's record. So congrats, little Nas X. New record. Boy, in, in today's like fractured music landscape, I don't know if that'll ever be broken. I don't think I ever thought that uh, Mariah's, Mariah Carey's record would be broken. Speaking of records broken, or I guess uh, something I never thought would be done again, would be a movie that uh, Quentin Tarantino made that would be just drastically different than anything else he's done. Everybody thought that with The Hateful Eight. It's like this with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's his newest movie. I went out to Broad Theater last night with a friend, and I ran into well, a bunch of people from New Orleans media randomly out there. We were all out there for the 8.30 showing. Uh, Fletcher Mackle was there, Sharif Ishak, and Kevin Allman of The Gambit. We were all out there, and we're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Let's just uh, we're going to watch this together. So before we were all talking about our favorite Tarantino movies and and all those guys are wrong. It's the Hateful Eight. Anybody who disagrees with that uh, at me and you're wrong. Hateful Eight is a great movie. I understand I'm in the vast minority there, but I don't care. I'm not coming off that. That's number one on my list. Uh, that said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is fantastic. Not going to give you any spoilers here, but it is different from any other Tarantino flick. But the last 30 minutes of that movie are as good, probably better, than any 30 minutes in any Tarantino movie ever, except for maybe the the Kill Bill fight scene with Lucy Liu. That one was pretty good. That lasted for what, about 30 minutes, too. No, it's, it's fantastic. And Brad Pitt may have never been better in his career. This is, I'd say, Fight Club... This and Inglorious Bastards somehow ranked top three Brad Pitt movies. He stole the show here. There's Margaret Roby in it. She plays Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate, if you don't know, she was the wife of yeah wife of uh, Roman Polanski, who was murdered by uh, the Charles Manson 
uh, group, the Manson family gang and cult. So she's in this movie playing Sharon Tate. You have Leonardo DiCaprio playing a washed-up actor in the late 60s, and they did a great job of making it feel like you're you're watching a movie in Hollywood in the 1960s. So much nuance there. I will just say this. Go see it. It is worth it. I was talking to Helen Santani about this today, too. She absolutely loved it. You will love this movie. If you're a Tarantino fan, if you're not a Tarantino fan, it is great. And I promise you, I promise you, the the last 30 minutes, as I, I keep thinking about this today, the last 30 minutes is worth the wait. It is about a two and a half, two hour and 40 minute movie, I believe. The build up to it and how it ends, uh, it's perfect. It's fantastic. And I'm probably going to go back and see it again. That would be the first movie that I see multiple times in theaters since Rogue One, I think it was the last Star Wars Rogue One was the last movie I saw multiple times in theaters. And before that, it was actually The Hateful Eight. I saw two or three times in the theaters. A couple of texts coming in on this uh, from the 504. The Hateful Eight is lame. Oh, well, you're lame. A text from the 504. I didn't like Inglorious Bastards. Wow. Okay. Well, to each his own. But that's probably the first time I've heard anybody say they didn't like Inglorious Bastard. And Tarantino movies are kind of on a scale, right? It's all relative. In my view, they are all good. It's just how good are they? I love them all. This was his ninth movie, and he says he'll make one more. And that's what he says. We don't know. Probably, what, three, four, five years down the road. Go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I promise you will thank me later, and then you can uh, shoot me a review at Seth Dunlap on Twitter or Seth at WWL.com. Logan, uh, you guys a Tarantino fan back there? Uh, I'm a Tarantino fan. Uh, my mom is a huge Tarantino fan. My dad's a huge Tarantino fan. Uh, sadly, uh, I didn't get to watch the uh, the Hateful Eight. Oh man. Uh, my my dad did. He loved it. And my mom has always been a diehard fan of the two Kill Bill movies. Yes. For mm. as long as I can remember. So. Yeah, they need a they need a Kill Bill Volume Three with the young girl that uh, Beatrix uh, kills. Uh, look, I don't want spoilers from a fifteen year old movie, but uh, she kills her mom, uh, Vivica A. Fox, in the first scene. So now we need we need that that girl coming back to kill Beatrix kiddo. So yeah, that's what I, we need. I was about to say I don't think it counts as a spoiler if it's like the <laughs> first scene of a movie that's how old now? Yeah, fifteen, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it, and it literally is the first scene in that movie. Uh, go see this one, Logan. And Ron Beck, I promise you, you'll love it. I'm, it, already, I'm already planning on going to see it. Yeah, so. do it. You'll, you'll thank <laughs> me later. Uh, let's do a little sports libs here. Uh, Logan's Logan's here. We'll do sports libs each night. We got a handful of we got like Mad Libs little statements, sports style. We fill in the blank, and you can fill them in with us on our text line at eight seventy eight seventy. What you got, Logan? Uh, first up here, we have my favorite part of Saints training camp so far is blank. Mm. I will say. My favorite part of Saints training camp is oh, – this is, this is honest. This is a little behind the scenes. My favorite part of Saints training camp is this new text group that all the media is in, and it gets – I will just say it gets pretty fun and wild in there. It's great. So it is the first time I've ever been part of this. Maybe they had it before. Maybe I've just been lame or nobody's liked me in the past. It's the first year that I've been a part of the Saints text group. I think it's the first time we've done this. So my favorite part of camp undoubtedly is this text group because it gets pretty funny in there. 
All right, next one up here is blank should be the preseason opponent the Saints should be looking at right now. Uh, Minnesota, that's their first one. I think it's going to be a good measuring stick. Stars aren't going to get a lot of time, and a lot of them probably won't get any time in that. But still, you should be looking forward to that first one because, look, it's only, what, a week and less than a week and a half away. All right, next one up here we have blank is the college sport I'm looking forward to the most right now. Uh, college water polo. Yeah. Next. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, college basketball. Of course it's college basketball. Everybody who knows me knows I'm a diehard hoops guy. There's no doubt about it. I'm sorry, college football fanatics. I'm a college football lover too, but it is college hoops. I want to see what happens next year, especially in the wake of this FBI scandal that's still unfolding before our eyes. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to give you the same response that you gave that other uh, texter, you know, to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> right. Water polo. You know, I don't what, know if whatever. I ever. <laughs> I think I've watched some college water polo a little bit, probably on, you know, ESPN, the Ocho or something like that. I have, I have never watched college water polo. But next question right. up here we have, I think blank is going to be a very big talking point this football season. Replay. Challenges. Pass interference. This change... I just know it. I, I I can predict the future here. Call me Schwami. The first, at least the first four or so weeks of the season, you are not going to get away from this storyline after every single pass interference call that is reviewed. Oh, have they gone too far? Did they get this right? Did it cost this team a game? What is the NFL doing? The sky is falling. It's doomsday in the NFL. You're not going to be able to escape this slogan, and we're going to be talking about it on our show because that's what everybody's going to want to talk about. All right. And last, we have people need to pay more attention to blank during their upcoming season this year. Hmm. More attention is how you phrase that? Yes. More attention. Okay. People need to be paying more attention to You know what? I'm going I'm going to say uh I'm going to say LSU Gymnastics because this is one of the best programs in the country. So I'm going to say Didi Bro and her squad. One of the best programs in the country. Been very close to national titles the last few years. And we haven't, and I'll be frank, we haven't done a great job of trying to cover it or getting Didi on the program when they're making these runs. And I've thought about it this summer. This is something that, frankly, I need to be paying more attention to. So I'm going to say, I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to say LSU Gymnastics with that program. Let's pay a little more attention to it there. All right, and that's it. All right. A couple of texts here about Tarantino from the 504 Kill Bill Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, great stuff. Sounds like those are your favorite movies. Uh, same person who says didn't like Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Text from the 504, Pitt. Talking about Brad Pitt in Snatch, not in your top three. Uh, uh, what was it? 13 Monkeys? I'm forgetting the monkeys. What was that? Well, how many monkeys, 12 monkeys. was it? 12 Monkeys. <laughs> 12 Monkeys? Is that it? Yeah, 12 Monkeys would be there. Not Snatch for me. It was great in Snatch. No, I, I will say my, my top three Pitt movies after watching this one. Fight Club, Inglorious Bastards, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I got to say, I got to say, it might be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood number one as far as pit movies goes. And I know Fight Club fans are going to hate me for that. I love Fight Club. Text from the 504, is Tarantino still going to do a Star Trek? That I can't wait for. Well, he said, I think on Kimmel again, that he does want to do a Star Trek. Also, a couple interviews. He's talked about that for a while. He wants his final movie maybe to be a Star Trek. Can you imagine a Tarantino Star Trek? How absurd that would be and probably absurd in a good way? That's something I would watch. I feel like it'd be great. 
Yeah. Come on. Let the, give Tarantino the Star Trek franchise for just, just one movie. That's all we need. One movie. Yeah. What he'd do with Captain Kirk and stuff would be well, probably if, ridiculous. I feel, I feel like the, 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 all the difference would be made in if, he, if he was directing or writing it. Yes. Probably, hopefully both. If, if it's both, then, again, that's all the difference. Because, like, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's the material that's given to him, I think he can do well with it. If it's him writing the material, we'll see how faithful he stays to the source material, all that, you know? And he probably won't because it's Tarantino, which I'm all yeah. for. This could be a non-canon movie. Just make it a non-canon Star Trek movie. Yeah, like an Elseworlds thing. Yeah, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be down for seeing that. Who wouldn't? That'd be the highest grossing Star Trek film of all time. Right? It, it would be. Everybody would Possibly. see that. Everybody would see that. Star Trek fans, non-Star Trek fans. It'd be cool. 504-260-1870. One last chance for you to get in today. Also, we will take a final look when we come back at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Vote now. Two minutes to vote. Should the Saints look to sign or trade for a veteran receiver? This comes after Cameron Meredith was released. Vote at WWL.com. Radio.com app. Wrap it up the show next. I'm going to say this to whoever. Uh, I, will, I don't even tell you who you texted. I am. It's way too late, and I'm way too tired for your semantics cashing right now on me. Alfred Morris, the reports are he's going to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. If I had a slip of the tongue and I said he signed, he hasn't signed yet. The reports are from everywhere. There's like four different reports I'm watching. ESPN, Yahoo Sports, CBS Sports say he's going to sign with the Cowboys. Come on. It's a little too late for this nonsense. And on that note, I'm going to end the show. Thanks to Logan and Ron behind the glass. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to you for listening. If you missed any of the show, remember, you can check the podcast, WWL.com, radio.com app. Final look at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Should the Saints look to sign or trade for a veteran receiver? And right now, 68% of you. Final tally saying yes, 32% are saying no. We'll be out at Saints Camp tomorrow morning. Check WWL.com and us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. We'll be following all day long. Back tomorrow, same time, same place. Right now, I leave you, as always, with our moment of zen. Here is Eric McCoy. You think he's not ready to protect Drew? Listen to this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.